Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize Rush. Introduce the guest, man. Straight out of SBG Port Arlington. It's the main man. It's the honey badger. It's <laughs> Philip Mulpeter. Phil, how are you doing? That's the best intro I've ever got. Brilliant. I'm great, <laughs> lads. Really good. It's great to be back in the show. Man, I'll, I'll clip that up for you and I'll send it on to you and you can have it forever. Love it. Love it. Uh, Phil, we were just saying off air, it's almost been a year since we've had you on the show. Like a lot of things have changed, but how are you? Man, isn't it? Like it's crazy times, really. There's a lot of things changed. Like yeah. I, I had so many projects, like my gym, obviously, and Gamma. They're all just like, came to a stop a sudden stop so um just trying to keep positive and keep training and uh i, I had a, i had um, a couple of the fighters still going so uh, i've been kept busy um yeah and i'm working away as well so yeah it, i'm i'm sick of it now to be honest and i'd like to see the back but like everybody else but like i think we're nearly there hopefully and uh get back to some normality yeah, yeah, well, I, I suppose you did get a lovely uh, trip over to Bahrain there yeah. um, two weeks ago. Uh, when you're I was thinking uh, you looked a bit tan for the people yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> that, that, what's called, uh, it, that was great to see. Um, let's talk a bit about SPG Port Arlington for a minute. Um, obviously, one of the big stories of the year was um, the gym was suffering financially, and then Connor stepped in to help. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so like basically, what happened was. Uh, yeah, we had to pay rent the whole way through, still paying rent. And uh, obviously, we're not allowed to run classes for basically the last year. So, yeah, we just ran out of money. And I was going to, we we weren't really, like, closing, like, we weren't shutting down SVG Parent. It was kind of like a little holiday. We were going to put into storage, wait till everything passed by, and then get back on again. Um, but Connor obviously stepped in. Um, yeah, it was like, I was like, rock bottom. I was like, Fuck, I was sitting in the gym, like, had to think about taking up mats and everything. And I was like, fuck it anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, then Connor rang and, um, yeah, he looked after me something shocking. Um, I can't thank him enough for it. But uh, I'm actually having to move unit now anyway, would you believe? And in the end, we ended up having to do it anyways. But uh, we're in a great position now to come on strong after COVID settles. And, um yeah, and it's all thanks to Connor, and he's helped me out a few times down through the years. And um, yeah, like I'm lucky. Like not everybody has um, an all teammate like Connor McGregor to help them out. So I feel for all the gyms in Ireland, to be honest with you, because there's going to be a lot more. I think closing down or very, very close to it at the minute. Yeah, I think I think especially the ones who wouldn't have as many pros as some of the bigger gyms as well, uh, yeah. bringing that cash in. But uh, again, like you know, what I mean. A lot of guys love to jump at the chance to bash him in the press, but uh, on this occasion, he, he was he was the hero. And you know what? He did a few things over lockdown. You know what I mean? He donated a lot of PPE across the country as well. And yeah. he's uh, a massive help to Crumlin's Children Hospital at all times. So, he, yeah. he you I, know what? And he, he does a he lot does of charity stuff. work. He does a lot of charity work that nobody like hears about, like seriously amount of it. Like, and it goes under the radar. We know, he, we always hear about his antics, which are like, listen... We all have our flaws, huh? Mm. And uh, but like he, the 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 chap does a lot of good work around Ireland for I, Irish people, you know. Um, he, and it does go under the radar. Put it this way: what's called I, I wouldn't mind anyone throwing any amount of dollies through the bus if they start dishing out a million to charity here and a million to charity there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, look, you know what I mean? I, I'd probably be willing to do a lot worse for a million uh, quid. You know what I mean? You'd find a guy uh, for five million, wouldn't you? Just put that out there. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, yeah tell us a bit about Port uh, at the moment. Obviously, you have matches coming uh, through there. Is there anyone else we should be looking out for? Yeah, we've we've a lot of young guys coming through that are all. They've only trained with me, started out with me, and they've got like a similar style to myself. Um, good jujitsu, good grappling. You know, um, teenagers. A few of them have competed in the IMAF, the Junior Championships, the World Championships. Um, none of them medal now, but they've done really well. For, like their first kind of time competing on a big uh, stage. So. Yeah, the 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 prospects in Port are are coming along. They're still training away. A lot of them are at home still. Like I'm doing uh, online videos for them and stuff at the minute. So actually, get a little plug in for that. I'm, I'll be releasing my MMA fitness shortly. It'll be an online uh, app for just keeping training at home with no equipment, solo drills. So they've they've all been doing that. Um, obviously they're looking forward to getting back to the gym too. Um. It's been hard, boys. It's hard yeah. for everybody, you know. So, like, to keep those young guys 
and a, and a few of a few of my like top prospects have fell off the bandwagon too, and I haven't seen them in a while, and it'd be hard to get them back in. And you know, I had big uh, hopes for some of them, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's hard to keep them motivated, you know, when they're not allowed. You're not allowed to meet anybody. It's like, you know, I think I think the lockdown's done a lot of damage, unseen damage too. It obviously yeah, is helping with COVID, and it needs to be done. But like, I don't know. It's it's hard going. I totally understand that, Phil. And when you do get that app, app up and run, give us a shout and we'll do an else swipe up for you to uh, shout it out. And then yeah. if you are one of those prospects who hasn't been on to Phil in a while, drop him a text. You know what yeah, I mean? He he's dying for you to, to have you back in there. <laughs> yeah, he's dying uh, to choke someone out right now. <laughs> 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 but come here, Phil. You're doing great things with Gamma. Obviously, like uh, for people that haven't seen it, like the the way you run the social media is, is brilliant. Like obviously, like myself and Ross were promoting uh, the likes of Clan Wars and Cage Eggs. We were dying for it to get back. And then everything's been like wiped off the table now for the foreseeable. Like, uh, the, like what a sort of effect do you think that's going to have on Irish MMA over the next couple of years? Like Irish MMA at the minute is just non-existent, isn't it? Like basically, we're not allowed. We're not allowed to train. You know, we've no shows unless you're unless you're a pretty high-level pro. You've no shows. You know, even the guys that are only one and two and all, they're gonna get it hard to get their starts. You know, in the bigger shows. But um, yeah, like I think though, once we do get back, it'll be just like um, it'll be like a January where everybody's just gonna pile back into gyms. You know, and hopefully we just pick up where we left off. You know, and with Gamma, Gamma, we we have like we're ready to go. Connor actually is sponsoring us kind of with that as well. Um, like he he's helped it out. He loves the show and he loves the root, the Irish roots and the Gaelic team. So, like we're we're ready to go with that. We have a couple of shows booked out, like our jujitsu shows and the novice MMA is booked out. Um, so we're just waiting to get the right time. We're we're even breaking it down. We're just gonna like break it down to like. White only having white belts in one day, blue belts the next day, you know, so that we can get them done even within uh, restrictions, you know. Just as soon as we're allowed to have an event inside, we'll be running them shows. Um, then, then Gamma, we're going to be releasing or we're going to be doing our first MMA show, amateur MMA show. We we planned on doing it this summer, but like I don't think it's going to happen this summer, to be honest. Um, maybe we might get it in twenty one, like. I, I don't know, like, depending on how this vaccine rolls out and everything goes, but, like, I'm telling you, there'll be big plans for Gamma next year, and the social media is run by my partner, Calvin Doyle, and he's he's just, like, he's a big MMA fan, and the two of us are working together, and we've got, like, big dreams for it, and it's, like, just waiting to happen, so as soon as we're just allowed back and running events again, it's going to explode, so... Yeah, it's exciting, but it's it's like I'm like, come on, come put the cork on, back please. on the champagne. <laughs> and if, and Phil, when that does get up and running, what way are you gonna have people view it? Is it gonna be a streaming uh, stream, yeah, or what we, way is we, gonna be? Like we have, oh, we have the whole streaming set up for ourselves. Like Calvin's a media guy, so he he like that's what he done, and he studied that, and uh, he runs his own company uh, doing that kind of thing. So like we have like really high uh, a really good production, and we're gonna like refine it through our jiu-jitsu and our novice tournaments and then once our amateur mma goes it'll be top of the range um when it comes to production we want it like really high level and like like again we're we're, we're aiming at getting the novice guys in ireland started without having to go to amateur you know and having to fight in like a club or you know where there's drink involved and all that just a real like calm event where you can come in there's no headshots involved, you know. You can go to work the next day. There'll be no risk of injury or anything like that. And you get that, you get that feel. You get that, um, you get that like little butterflies in the stomach, and it's safe, you know. So mm. it's it's a great uh, addition to Irish MMA, and I think it'll help bring on some more uh, talent. And you know, I, I think some people would really really like that because some people are very much been like. I wouldn't mind trying a bit of MMA, but I don't really want to get punched in the face. So therefore, it's a nice way for them to sort of get into the sport, test their skills and not have to, have hey, to listen, worry about man, going home with black eyes. Some people probably never leave novice, you know, it suits them. And it just gives it gives the, the normal guy that's just training as a hobby somewhere to compete, you know, where... At the minute, there is no nowhere for you to compete. If you're if you're training MMA and you're busting your your ass in the gym all the time, and you've nowhere to like win a medal or like compete without actually going amateur MMA, which mm. is basically like 
amateur MMA is no joke. There's yeah. high level guys. They all cut serious yeah. weight. They take it very serious. You know, it's basically it's very much nearly pro level for most of the guys. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think you almost have to be like a heavyweight to do amateur MMA, and then be like sort of. I'm just going to do two fights and then call it that. But like, yeah, if you do yeah. amateur MMA, any sort of where anyone's cutting weight, you know I mean, a lot of those guys oh, have dreams trouble, to go like... on and fight for a living. So you can't just rock in and be like, I oh, know, just do this for a bit of crack. And then someone there is like, <laughs> there is no crack, isn't it? It's like, it's <laughs> no crack unless you win. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, though? It's like, it's, it's no joke. I, like amateur MMA is no joke. It's anywhere, you know, it's like, it's high level. Guys stick around to get the experience now. They're doing it properly, like like amateur boxing. You know, they're racking up those wins, and you're dealing with high level martial artists, amateur level. You know, and for me, and some some guys are sneaky as well. They don't like telling what background to have. So you like you could be sending a poor lad in to get sacrificed. You know, so like that's where we came up with the novice idea, and it just gives lads like a safe platform compete under you know before taking that big step into amateur and it is a big step like there is like eventually i'd like to see irish amateur mma done in the imaf format where it's like during the day you know and there's multiple fights throughout a week or whatever or through a weekend or something like that instead of having it at nighttime and yeah. in clubs or pubs yeah. and stuff like that i think that's mm. that's not amateur really you know yeah. and that's what happens. That's why lads are taking it. It's it's basically pro, you know. So, yeah. That, that, that's fun. another thing. Sorry, with the IMAPs, aren't a lot of those guys almost selected to represent Ireland in the IMAPs? Aren't they? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, at the minute there was at the minute it's not. Yeah, they, they are selected, right? But as we get through our shows, mm. the selection is getting harder, and you have to have a certain mm. criteria to make the team. Whereas before we were just kind of filling spots, filling filling places, but like. Again, mm. that's not a good idea going out to the IMAS because mm. that is seriously high level out there. I was there and that's that's mm. like that's the future of amateur as well. It's there's guys out there with 20 fights, you know. And look, look at Dino Wade's young guy, what uh, mm. from CMAC. Those guys, those guys are all legit. They all have medals from all those IMAF tournaments, and there's there's no messing around with it, you know. And if you're going out there, you need to be you need to be taking it seriously and you need to have your diet in check you need to have your strength and condition in check and you need to be like on top of your game i was going to more so say phil do you think you should actually have to win your spot at the imats almost like uh see the way beltor always putting these grand prix together you know i mean you sign up there could be 32 bantamweights in ireland you will down 16 8 4 2 1 and then you know you have however many go from each weight class. I think that would be a great way of doing it. And there's no bias them being like, oh, well, they train out of that gym. You know what I mean? They have more pull than someone who trains out of that gym. It's a great yeah. way to create stars as well. Yeah. No, no, 100%. Like, that, and that's the way it's heading, guys. We're, we're, you have to remember that Ireland, Ireland's IMA is only getting going and we're very mm. new. The whole organization is very new. We're not recognized by the government yet. So, like, we're, we're trying, and the guys are trying their best to get the best guys onto the team. Or onto those teams. Also, like not all clubs are are um, interacting with IMAS. So, like mm. you know, the top guys aren't aren't always in the places. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think in the future everything's working towards that. And I think like some sort of a ranking system in Ireland for our amateurs, and that the top guys are the only guys that are allowed to go. And if you're not in that top ranking, you're not, you can't get the opportunity to go, you know? So you have to work your way into those places before you ever are even seated or even in, the, in with a chance to get picked to go. Similar to the boxing idea with the high performance, that would be the ideal scenario for the Irish team in MMA as well, eventually. Um, but like, it's, it's very close and, I know it has its flaws at the minute, but I like I don't think it's biased towards what club you're coming from. If you're involved in IMAT, mm. you go to those trials and you'll get picked. If you're one of the top guys, you're gonna get picked, you know. And like myself and Andy Ryan and Lee Moe from Cork were out at the last one, Paddy Hulam was there, and we picked the guys that were on that were there and they're available to us who have presented themselves, you know. So yeah, you, can't, like, you can't you can't get picked unless you show up. 
exactly 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 and look like hopefully like i know there's a big divide in the country at the minute with ima but i think if everybody comes on board and we keep plugging away and we we make it work we have to make it work and then we'll start meddling more and more and we have been meddling at those competitions mm. but we will we will make our uh, presence known and and i think that's the future 100 it's it's really really good setup and it's like yeah, it's one of the best things I was involved with, to be honest. And I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm jealous that I didn't get to, to compete at an IMF tournament myself before I went pro. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's something that we need to look at as a country. And this needs to almost be like a regulation board for, you know, to go forward. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's grassroots GAA, there's grassroots soccer, there's grassroots rugby. There needs to be grassroots MMA. And yeah. I think that the IMFs are brilliant for that. And like, you need to be good because like, you have people like Mohammed Makayev who are running up in there. You know what I mean? You are <laughs> 20 and know what's yeah. called. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't be rolling out of bed being no. like making my no. debut here because he actually ended up, I, I looked at his record. He fought like in like, he was like 16 or 17 now when he fought someone on, in their in their amateur debut and I was like Jesus the poor soul yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like, that's yeah. not fair yeah. you can't do you that know, you're like that's it it's picked out of a hat the first few fights are like you could end up fighting some like beast and that's what I'm saying like it has to be done properly it has to be re- regulated and like I think the government have a big uh, part to play in that like they're they're pretending like MMA doesn't exist like MMA is yeah, not Phil why Phil Phil, sorry for interrupting you there. Yeah. Like, I was going to bring this up at some stage, but I was waiting for it to say it. Like, why, like, what is wrong with the government the way they won't look at it the way, like, I look at it or you look at it or Ross looks at it? Because, like, myself and Ross, we put, like, so much of our time and life into, like, promoting, like, not only Irish MMA, but MMA in general. And then when you see stuff like this happening, you're really sort of like, what the fuck is going on? Especially the way someone, like, lost a finger. And that's terrible to, terrible to hear, like, but, like, you only mentioned the one thing. You're not mentioning what everyone else is trying to do for all these other these other up-and-coming Irish athletes. You know, it's like, what needs to be done here? And before you start, like, Phil, I, th- I think for the 2024 Olympics, Jiu-Jitsu is actually going to be part of it as well. So, that, like, that's another... No, no, no. Olympics. That, that was an April Fool's joke, man. I hate April Fool's, and, like, I, I try and just turn off my phone for the day, but obviously all that after April Fool's. Listen, but, like, one of my mates, I was, I was down with a friend of mine, he's a purple belt, and he was telling me, Phil... Jiu-Jitsu is going to be in the Olympics. He's like, they're changing the rules. You're allowed to do low kicks and your snow gi and all this kind of crack. And it's combat Jiu-Jitsu. It's like, I was like, that's amazing. I'm going for that. I'm going to go for that. Jeez, <laughs> I, I just made an absolute fool of myself. You did, Ross. You did, Ross. After you saying you hate it. I'm also like, but well, I think skateboarding is meant to be in it. So I don't see why Jiu-Jitsu shouldn't be. But Phil, what needs to be done like over here in Ireland for this to be seen as a, like a, 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 a like a, like a, a real, sport because like, like like because let me just put a bit of backing on it as well like you've obviously seen the rise of Irish MMA obviously Connor hitting the top become the champ champ in the world's biggest uh, MMA organization and now we've gone back down a bit like what like what needs to be done like we've already we've already been to the yeah. top and they haven't so I like what needs to be done I think now there has to be a clear separation as well from professional and amateur you know like there is a separation in boxing there's a separation you know and a, prize fighting's different like Connor does his thing in prize fighting you know it's it's different than amateur MMA. And and I just think there's a lot of guys in the government as well that are old school. They just don't want to. They just they won't lose this attitude that it's cockfighting. It's in a cage and all this crack. They just don't have any interest in, in learning the rules and seeing like the graph that goes in and the technique. And, you know, like, yeah, it's beautiful. It's the crack of that. It's cockfighting. Like, get over it, will you? It's the most like you have to be so technical to compete in MMA. There's so much different aspects to it. Like, to say that it's just cockfighting is just it's stupid, really, you know, and it's an uneducated opinion, you know. So, like, I just think that as with a lot of things in government that the new people coming up, hopefully when the young people keep coming and they, they change the views on it, but it has to happen sooner than that. And I think also a problem with it is, like, old school martial arts as well that are already recognised in Ireland. They don't want to see MMA coming through either, and they're holding it back just as much as the government are. So... They, they just feel threatened by it because we're we're the like when it comes to combat sports now MMA is the number one in the world like and that's it and and boxing are feeling it and all of them are feeling it and I've had students like that train boxing that wanted to compete in boxing and do MMA and they're not allowed because the boxing clubs will ban them you know if they compete in MMA they're not allowed to compete in boxing you know which is very old school it's stupid you know you need to just open up everybody can p- compete in everything you know and just everyone can grow together 
I that's just, a real lawyer thing, though, view, isn't it? You know, that's a real lawyer thing, isn't it? Like if you if you played football and then you went to play guy, you'd be like, right, well you're off the football team. You know, or, like yeah. it's, you know it's I mean? stupid. You know, really, it's not. It's it, it doesn't make sense. You know, and we're all so close. As in, if you look from the outside, we're all a combat sport. You know, we all complement each other and like. Like I don't, I'd only love to have. I try to set up like my gym to be part of the boxing association as well, and I wanted to send fighters to do like the Leinsters and the Leash Carlos and all this crack and get them experience. But we weren't allowed because we have MMA on the premises, you know. And it's, uh, I think it's those sort of those clubs that are already recognised by the government and they're already Olympic sports like the old martial arts and kickboxing and that. Once they start coming around, I think it'll help with the government because they're listening to like both sides, I suppose, as well. But I tell you another thing, like if the government don't get the finger out shortly, there will be more people getting hurt because we need regulation. We need to have mm. proper, you know, system. And, and also with like MRI scans and stuff like that and like actual checks, like they're very expensive and a lot of those expenses go on the fighter or... Yeah. Fighters yeah. team or sponsorship, so yeah, it does need yeah. some form of regulation. Like at the end of the day, but when saying that Ireland is the safest place to compete in MMA in the world, we have the most rigorous uh system. If you want to compete as an amateur in Ireland, we've the hardest uh possible protocols you have to get through. So, like, you know, we're MMA as a in Ireland as a whole are trying their best mm. to get the government to come on board. You know, we can't do much more, and everybody's working hard to get this to happen. So I think it will happen. It's going to happen. It's just these old school views need to get out of the way and just let it happen, you know? Yeah. I think it's going to happen at some stage. It's just, it's sort of heartbreaking to have all these like Irish athletes. I know we've had people from abroad as well, but the amount of time and effort and everything they give up to fight for this one goal and they can just be, it can just be shut in their face by people that don't even know what they're talking about. It's just, it's, it's, it is sort of heartbreaking, Ross, isn't it? Like all the face offs we've done, we've done four face offs. All of them have been pulled, and it's just like, like you feel oh, so bad for these people. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the next wave of UFC talent that we have, you know, Dean Barry's been signed there recently. Ian Gary's been signed. You know, what's it called good-looking lads, uh, nice lads. They speak well. Maybe the government will be like, right, we'll get behind them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I like, definitely think there's like class issues to it as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, definitely. and we have good fighters coming through, and the likes of Ian and the guys like they, those guys are gonna lead the way again, and. Like they just need to like come on board, you know. And and the problem is there's a there is still a lot of like shady clubs and shady coaches that they they have to be dealt with as well, you know. You sh- they should be mm-hmm. like we you have to get your credentials and you have to have coaching and you know like the sooner the better it all gets above board, like for everyone that's involved in the sport. And it's not like it's only a few people; it's massive now. So like just come on and get the finger out and get it sorted. Do you think maybe the top sort of ten fifteen? mixed martial arts gyms in Ireland should each have their own representative. They form a board. And then, you know, if someone wants to open up an MMA gym in Ireland, they have to show X amount of criteria to open up that gym. And that sort of starts off something. And then, you know, any form of regulation that's already been shown, then you can show, you know, the minister for sport, look, we're already doing this. I mean, when you get that budget in, we need to get something off you, you know, because I'm sure MMA are getting, Zero at the moment. The Irish yeah, government. yeah. Well, that's what that's what IMA are doing at the minute. You know, you have you you can go through IMAF and get your coaching mm. credentials. You can sign up to, like, look. The problem is everybody's not following the wrong mm. the wrong system as well. So like, it's the, it's a kind of a divide in the MMA community as well. And uh, like everybody has their own opinions on it. But I just see the bigger picture, and I think IMAF is the future. And IMA are set up and they're doing a good job. And I, you know, we're learning as we go along. There is there is courses already set up. You know, if you look at the guys up north, they're flying it as well. Um, but look, we just everybody needs to come together. And if you have, if you don't fully support IMA, come onto the board and voice your opinion, and you get votes every year. And if you if you're not there to vote on these things, why complain about it? It's the same as like giving out about the government and you're not voting. You know, you're it's it's, it's stupid, really. You know, so I just think everybody needs to come together whether you agree with the system or not, and then keep putting your your narrative on it and your opinion on it and keep working towards making it the best it can be, you know? And the only way we can do that is if we all sit down and talk about it. Whereas if we're all shouting out abuse and saying this is, should be the way it's done and that should be the way it's done, that's just stupid, you know? Like, let's 
grown adults come together and try and make it work for the good of MMA. Yeah, I, li- I like also the way I, I like like I mean it. See, I'll tell you something as well. Um, when me and Ross when we first started, we were doing shows on nerdy everything like immigration to like having Gary <laughs> Vaynerchuk on, right? But then uh, Ross really wanted to go and start like we really wanted to push the MMA shows, and I was like I wasn't overly confident in doing it, but and also in the back of my mind, I knew the government wasn't pushing like the, the MMA scene and I enjoyed talking about football as well. So yeah. we sort of did a bit of both and then we just went all in with the MMA because it was the one we loved the most and it was the most real interviews, you know, the football ones were really, you, you had to pass questions. It's like, how are you today? It's like, can I answer that? But, uh, <laughs> but like, no, the way I like, absolutely love coming to sport, watching it like to the early hours, to the early days. Like, the personalities are better as well. It's, yeah. it's just everything the backstory like, people are doing MMA this to earn cooler than soccer players boys. <laughs> there's a different there's a different story altogether but I, I like the way now like obviously we brought up Ian we brought up Ian Gary we brought up Dean Barry and then uh, we brought up Matisse as well now now the, the, the brave doors are opening like people thought it was UFC or bust the same way footballers would think it's Premier League or bust but like there's a whole world out there that's watching this sport like obviously there's the Bellator as you've competed on yourself like the way Cage Warriors is blowing up even more so now and then like as I said brave and then uh, yeah uh, Dean was over in UAE Warriors, Ross. KSW, yeah. KSW, KSW. There's, yeah. there's so much more option that is yeah. like you can make a career and it doesn't have to be in the UFC. Well, here there's like there, Ross obviously brought up the Dean Barry situation. Like he's been all over the world and now he's signed with the UFC. I heard he's not able to get his, um, a visa right now, so like his his um, debut has been put on ice. He was meant to fight the same night like, Katie Taylor's fight. And I think it's like fourth yeah. or first of May. First of May. First, first of May. Yeah. But then like Ian Gary now, obviously you've trained with Ian. Like I, I feel like this guy. Is um is the next is is the next thing? Do you, yeah, do yeah, what do you 100%. think from watching his most recent performance as well? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent at the minute. Like he's leading the way in Ireland. Ian's Ian's a phenomenal uh, athlete. He's very very good. For like, people that haven't seen Ian uh, perform, um, Phil, like what is it that you see, or what is it about Ian that they have to see if they haven't seen it? Well, like he's just for a start, he's very, very calm and relaxed and confident in his ability, you know, and that's that's the biggest start, you know, because if you don't have that confidence, you're never going you're if you're the most technical guy in the world, it's no good to you. So like he has that confidence. He has that ability to be calm under the pressure and he performs on the night every time. Now, when it comes to his technical abilities, he's got serious hips. He's very hard to take down, you know. And what happens is when a guy tries to take him down, it's so like you just lose your you're wasting so much energy trying to take him down. And then what's happening? He's a sharpshooter. So he's pinging you on the feet, you know, and he's just very exciting to watch. And like. And those are the guys that are the hardest mm. to beat, you know, because if you can't compete with their striking and then you can't get them down, it's demoralizing in there, you know, and you've seen it in his last fight. That guy was high level, you know, and yeah. he, he Ian had his way with him, you know, and then he just picked him apart, you know, and it's, it's exciting to see a guy like that coming through. Um, yeah, he's just really hard. His hip, and then his, his grappling is really good. I, I think he's like a brown or black belt in judo as well, you know, and he's high level boxer before he started MMA, but um. Yeah, Ian's, Ian's top of the range and it's exciting to see what he's doing and I can't wait to see him on the big show, to be honest. Yeah, um, We right. don't know what's Ross, actually ask, louder. Hold on, Ross, I was going to ask what? you, but I was going to put in, Ian did his first ever proper like sit-down podcast with us as well in Ross's house, wasn't it, Ross? Yeah, it really, really was. And like to this day, I don't know what's louder, Ian Gary's performances or his personality. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 he is the total package. He really, he really, really is. Really Ross, really what, is. Ross, what about him is like for people as well? Obviously, you feel... Like it wrote a lot of stuff down there, but like what yeah. for you? Like Ross, you, you're you're massively high on this. Like, well, first of all, he, he goes in there, he, he talks the talk and he walks the walk, and he, it's hard to actually beat that in MMA. That's exactly what you're looking for. He's going in there and he closes the show every single time. He really, really does, and he leaves relatively unscathed most times yeah. as well. Every um, time people love seeing finishes on the feet. He can do finish on the feet. He's also we've also seen him slip in a rear naked choke into his arsenal as well. Um, look, he goes from strength to strength. Every time he, before he fights, he comes on our show and he tells us, "Lads, I'm a million times better than I was the last <laughs> time." And you, you you sort of you sort of go, "All right, Grant, fair enough." Yeah. And then you're like, "Jeez, he was very good last time. Like, he couldn't improve that much." And then every time he gets in there, you're just like, "Jeez, he's light years better than he was." Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, he, he would yeah. smash the previous version of himself. Yeah, 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 and now now he goes to fight for the welterweight title in yeah. June or maybe July. Yeah, June. Yeah, it's going to be a great fight. 
two yeah. really good guys. I think Ian's just that he's just has the little bit of edge on him. He's going to be bigger than him as well. I think it's going to be a tough night for him. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Ian could easily fight at middleweight, and this guy's coming up from yeah. lightweight to welterweight. Yeah. So. That's what I think. I think Ian's a bit of like a Darren Till. He'll fight welterweight, and then once he gets that bit bigger, he'll just go into middleweight. Yeah, yeah. No, he's very good. I haven't yeah, trained with him in a while. Well. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to actually having a bit an old session with him to see how much he's improved myself. Yeah, yeah. Just take him down. That's what I'd yeah. say. Take him down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, like, they're the famous words. Take him down. Take him down. <laughs> No, the, the, well, Chris, done, huh? Chris, and yeah. Tom, uh, Chris and Tom are just doing great things in Team KF, and it's brilliant to watch. You know, I mean, just ro- watching the rise of them as well. But like, obviously, like you're doing your own thing now. You're, you've been going over the Bahrain with Matisse. Like, where we watched that fight. Uh, I, lo- I like the way Braves actually on like a, at a decent hour as well. It's almost like it's like four. It's like four in the afternoon. It's a it's a nice time. But like, um, have gone over the Bahrain and just saw what it was like. First of all, the, the entrance was unbelievable. It was like coming out of a nice. castle. I couldn't believe what was going on there. But like. What's it like being over there? Like we had Blaine on the show. Like he was telling us that it was the it was like being on Floyd Island. He said, "I we got off the bus, man, and I was there, and I was looking. At, basically, the event was in this old castle. Like it was like it was almost like a coliseum looking thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah. savage. I was so jealous. Straight away, I was like, yeah, outdoor, big man made like roof over the cage, lights, production everywhere. It was like big, massive, long walkout, and like." Like they're next level. They're really, they're really set it up. And I tell you, I've been involved with a lot of shows, you know, UFC, Bellator. I've been backstage at UFC with the guys like Brave are top notch. They are top notch. They look you know? And they look after the fighters next level. You know, we were there in the hotel. We were in our little bubble. We were tested every day. You know, you're, you get a menu, your food sent to, you, to your room, you know, like if you need something, you ring one of those guys and like it's within you within an hour, you know, they, they really look after the fighters and it's a it's a pleasure to be involved with Brave and I'm I'm excited to see them grow and because they're they're they've been in more countries than the UFC now. They, I think they're everywhere, guys. What is it like nineteen or twenty odd countries in their first fifty shows? Insane, it's, like it's, it's insane. Very, very impressive. You know? And then shout out to is a Phil Campbell Baz on commentary. Yeah, Phil, yeah, we've yeah. a great Irish uh, tie with them. Like, it's like being in a local show out in Bahrain, you know. Everyone you meet, the cook crew are all Irish, you know, the commentators are Irish, the referees are all Irish. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, I was, it's, I was um, wondering that, yeah, because they shouted out our, our video a couple of times. I was like, that, that's, that must be so random for their... Uh, no, yeah. Their, na- their native uh, followers, you know, that like the Irish guys promoting stuff as well. But like, they, they, this is probably... That's probably something you, you, you dreamed of... Uh, being part of in the build-up and these lads have it just on the rise. But uh, like, obviously, like, I, I don't want to stick in this now, but Matisse, obviously, he lost that fight. It was, it was a brilliant fight to watch. But like, how do you, as a coach now, how do you, how do you deal with having like one of your star students come out, uh, receive the first loss? Like, what, what way did, was it, was it hard for you to deal with that? Like, what way did you, uh, uh, to be honest, what way did you speak to him after, you know? Like, um, it, like, I was I was wondering what way he would take it a loss, you know, um, and it's and it's something you have to worry about fighters when they do take a loss, how they react to it, and he reacted really well to it. To be honest, you know, he was disappointed obviously that he lost, but we we looked it back, you know, and I think like if it had been anywhere else, he could have won that first round, you know, it was very very close round. They gave it to the wrestler, you know, but. Uh, if it had been another country and a different set of rules, it could have been it could have been our round, and then the fight was ours. Then obviously he uh, he took the guy or he dropped the guy with a head kick, rocked him bad, and and he was very close to finishing the fight. Made a wrong little error of judgment, knows that himself, and he's already back in the gym and he's working. He's actually out in Dubai. He done his he done that uh, camp in Dubai. So like. The man has grown every single fight. Um, he's another exciting prospect. He's very close, you know, to getting onto a big show. Um, he he's a finisher, you know, and he's one of these guys that train in the gym. Like he he's always looking to improve. He does the right things. He's not killing himself, you know. And then fight night, he unleashes a new version of himself every time. And some people can't perform under the lights, but Matisse is one of the guys that switches on fight night and he seems to always bring the show, you know. I think he was very unfortunate to lose that fight. And I think he, I think like nine out of ten times he beats that guy. Um, but uh listen, he's it, it'll probably be the best thing to happen to him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the Brave Cage. And I think like he will be a title contender very soon. Well, yeah, yeah, I was I was gonna say I actually sent him a, a voice note after the fight, and you know. 
all he sort of picked on was uh, his mistake. And he was like, if I didn't make that mistake, I would have won it. But it wasn't in a, you know, sort of somber attitude. No. It was in a, I learned from that, that won't happen again attitude. And yeah. I think someone with that attitude, um, you know, I mean, is someone to look out for in the future that he, he will do big things. Um, it sort of, it almost reminded me of like one, a top Premier League footballer at some stage, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I think I think it was I was listening to Ruben Van Istroy give his insight where you know the team won four one or something he didn't score and he he, he wasn't happy you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it was just one of those things where it was yeah. like man you should hunger. be happy like you know what I mean and that's the hunger, the hunger in him and yeah. he yeah. like Barry said like his striking was very much on point and he was keeping that Dagestani grappler at bay for majority of the fight and like yeah. you said Phil if it was in a different country it could have been uh, scored mm. a different way like um, we have a good we have a good system for dealing with these Dagestani wrestlers to be honest with you mm. and it's anti-wrestling and uh, and like I think every fight that he goes into he's going to get more and more good at using and using those techniques and I'm telling you he's going to shut down those guys Um, somebody with that hunger as well and he's young you know the world is his oyster, so it's exciting times, and I'm just delighted that he's part of SBG Port Arlington, and uh, we're getting to go worldwide, you know, and we're such a young club, so it's great, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I was like, you must be so proud of him there, that be like mm. that being your student. What do, what do you prefer more, Phil? Do you prefer going and competing yourself or actually being a coach? It's hard to beat the feeling of competing yourself. Uh, and, you know, and you know, it's hard for me at the minute because I'm kind of splitting myself in two between coaching and I'm still fighting myself. Now, in fairness, with COVID, everything was gone quite on my side of things. So I've been able to like do a bit more. But uh, Matisse actually done his camp in Dubai this time around because the restrictions in Ireland is just holding back too much. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, it's it, I'm still a fighter at the minute. I love both, though. You know, I get such mm. a thrill out of cornering as well. And 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 like I'm sure if you've seen any of the fights with Matisse or any of the guys when they're winning, I'm in there with them, you know. And I'm taking <laughs> blows and I'm giving the blows with them. You You're know? holding so, the belt up. <laughs> yeah, like I really am in it with them, you know. And I feel everything, and I I feel their losses, and I also feel their wins just as much. Mm. And like for sure, it's going to be the future for me. I still have a couple of fights left um in myself and like i am i i it'll be hard to choose between the board from both of them but the main thing is it's mma and i'm going to be involved in mma for a long time to come so i'm happy that not everybody gets to to earn a living from mma and and i am and 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 it's it's one thing i'm very grateful for amen there we there we have a basma well i think that sort of almost wraps up the the local MMA scene and yeah. uh, maybe maybe uh, an incoming pending return from the Honey Badger at some yeah. stage uh, yeah, to a cage near you. Yeah, but Ross, Ross, it was actually like this is this is sort of the questions we ask each other. What like mm. why isn't the, the why isn't Irish MMA being put up more of a pedestal? And then uh, like obviously thanks Phil for uh, filling in the blanks and some of this stuff for everyone. So if you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, okay, like obviously like that was one thing we we were we, we planned on bringing Phil on for the show, but then obviously. Over the weekend, it was announced Conor McGregor is taking on Dustin Poirier for the third time on July 10th. Ross, yeah. correct, Basmo. Correct. Yeah. UC 263. Yeah. Yeah. UC 263. 264, maybe 264. 264. 264. The decider, huh? The decider. So, Phil, yeah. like, obviously... Um, Super Bowl is... weekend. Well, or what was Super Bowl weekend? So, like, Phil, this is obviously... Fans, we're going to have fans at it, yeah? They will have fans there. Yeah, yeah. They, they will. They have flan- fans at UFC 261 Great, in Jacksonville, Florida. And they have fans at UFC 262 in Houston, Texas. So, as long as... Obviously, they'll intend on having fans at it. Obviously, yeah, it's going to yeah. depend on which way the pandemic goes, but I'm sure they'll go somewhere where they can have some sort of audience. Even if they have to go back to Floyd Island, they'll probably yeah, do yeah, that. But uh, yeah. I, I think they need to have fans to that fight. Yeah, listen, like, I just think it's time to start getting back to trying anyway and getting back to normality and get fans in there, whatever way it has to be, at limited capacity or whatever way we can do it. Test I miss it so much, man, you know? No, <laughs> I miss I it so know. much, like, it's actually so... Isn't it not the same? It's not the same anyway without the fans, isn't no. it? Like, you need no. the fans back no. as well. You know what? You need them drunk fans swinging out of you. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I like when there's no fans there because you get yeah. like, that almost intimate feeling and you can hear what's being said and you're like, this is great. But then also, like for the big shows, you want the big night feel. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm always like for the fight yeah. nights. For the fight nights, I don't mind the no fans. But when it's the pay per view, I want to hear 
eruptions go off. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Especially when like when Ingani won the title, like imagine winning the title in the apex, like it's just yeah. not yeah. not you you're looking. You could have won that in, in Africa as well. He's a beast of a man, isn't he? Oh, stop! His story is oh. incredible, isn't it? You don't know how often I ask uh, Baz, uh, how much money would you would it take to get you in an octagon with Francis and Ghanu? <laughs> how much would it take you, man? Would you would you get rid of COVID for it? Would you? <laughs> one round with Francis. Francis. Yeah, He's one round with Francis, man, and you get rid of COVID for the world, man. Would you take, would you take it on? I give a crack arm. I'm a fighter, lads. I'll go give it a crack arm. If I take him down, he's no jiu-jitsu That's one yeah, thing. You'll, you'll just choke him out like it'd be easy as pipe. Oh, man, his, his brawl was good in the last fight, though. Yeah, so. that's yeah. the only thing. That actually yeah. was. That was very. Good. I know. It's an incredible story. A... It's like such a good. Uh, it's like a heartwarming story. For a guy to come from that background and now he's on top of the world is amazing. It's unbelievable. Phil, have you been practicing your Uminari rolls? Because you can try, try one of them. His leg's too big. It won't work. <laughs> he is a massive specimen. But Phil, Phil like, obviously that, that fight was announced and like the internet like blew up. Like, um, Obviously it's announced now, so it doesn't matter. Like, do you think if you should have fought Poirier or maybe even the Diaz trilogy next, which we'll get onto after. Um, when you heard the fight was announced, like, what, what did you think straight away? That's Connor. Like I'd say, Connor was pushing and pushing and pushing for it, and uh, fair play to Dustin. I think uh, it's a big money fight for both guys, you know. And like everybody was kind of giving out about Poirier and not going for the title. Like, should a man start to make money too? He can always come back. And I'm sure, like Dustin's a real fighter as well, so like he wants to put to bed the trilogy too, you know. And this decides it. So I was excited to to see that he Connor was getting a chance to redeem himself from the last one and you know I, I think everybody spoke about that he went heavy in boxing and all that crack and sure it's easy from the outside to tell the guy what he done wrong and what he done right but everybody knows the well, how good Connor is you know he's one of the top fighters in the world I'm excited to see the the third fight between the two guys two absolute warriors you know and it's going to be an exciting fight I think if Connor makes the adjustments, I think he'll take the fight. Um, I think he was he was even he rocked him a couple of times in the last one. So, but you can't count Dustin Poirier out either. Um, so it's it's it, it's a brilliant fight. I can't wait to see it to be honest. But Don't obviously, I I'm biased and my uh, uh, <laughs> Connor uh, for Dustin, Connor gets it done. <laughs> huh? for Dustin, are you? <laughs> Ross, what you make of this matchup, man? This is uh this is the fight everyone wanted. Now it's game on. What do you think? Well, the first time we actually saw Conor McGregor lose a fight in the UFC was to Nathan Diaz, and it was a famous fight. And it was 168 days later, Conor McGregor returned to the octagon and avenged that defeat. The last time Conor McGregor lost was against Dustin Poirier, and it's going to be 167 days after from the first defeat. That's insane. So if you're trying to tell me Conor McGregor can't make adjustments in that period of time, you're dead wrong. I feel like Conor McGregor is going to make all the adjustments he needs to make in this fight yeah. and get the job done. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, Conor's boxing looked very sharp in that fight. He was dinging Dustin Poirier in the first round. He actually wobbled Dustin Poirier at one stage. And, you know, it was almost unconnor esque that he didn't go in for the kill. Yeah. He, you know what? I think he was out for so long. He was missing his time in there and he was enjoying himself in there. Very it's the one time people. he doesn't get a, it's one time people don't interrupt him enough. Oh, even though I just <laughs> interrupted you, but you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's one of those things where he was actually enjoying himself in there. He hadn't been in there for uh, so long, and it's one of the few times where people are he's one of the few fighters who you can actually tell genuinely enjoys being in there and putting his trade to work. And I think, look, put it this way. I suppose all he's going to do is he's probably going to adapt a different stance. And I think he's going to, you know, obviously be aware of that low calf kick. Um, once those two things are adjusted, I don't think Dustin Poirier is going to be able to cope with that. And I think Dustin Poirier shocked Connor with the early takedown. And it was, it was a good clean shot, but I don't think he's going to be able to get that clean shot, especially if Connor changed that stance, that more craddy style stance. Yeah. The hips are a bit wider and is a much harder takedown. And like you were saying earlier, Ian Gary has very good hips. Conor McGregor's takedown defense is one of the best in the UFC lightweight division. And then also, his ability to get back up to his feet is actually frighteningly good. He does a little bump scoot to the cage and gets back up off his back. No yeah. one ever talks yeah. about it, but that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. And it works nearly every single time. Giving away the secrets? 
I think, give I think you said something right there, though, man. <laughs> the the fact that you're going to see the bouncy Connor back that's spinning, you know, and he's light on the feet, you know, and he's in and out, and it's that mixed martial arts style, you know, that won him the belts. That's the guy you're going to see back, you know. You're not going to see the boxer, Conor McGregor, back. You're going to see the mixed martial artist back. And that's going to be the difference, you know. He has just too many tools in his arsenal for Dustin, I think, when he fights that way, you know. And he's light on the toes and he's spinning and he's throwing unorthodox shots at you. And then he's hitting you hard with his, with his boxing, you know. So I'm excited to see him uh, rebound from this one, to be honest. And I don't think he's also going to be overlooking Poirier this time. I think he was almost overlooking Poirier, looking at a Pacquiao fight down the line. And yeah. I don't think he will be looking at a boxing fight down the line. I think he knows that, you know, this is, it's not quite make or break, but I'm sure in his mind, it's make or break. I have to be Dustin Poirier. This yeah. is a, this is very important to his career, this trilogy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, even though sometimes you watch a trilogy like you watch DC versus Miocic and you're like if they did a fourth time maybe DC might win yeah. you know what I mean like you rarely get that fourth yeah. fight in MMA so I, I do think that uh, you know him winning think, the trilogy is I definitely I think Connor's on a stage of his career now where he's like he's there to fight because he loves fighting you know besides mm. what anybody says about it and I actually don't think he gives a fuck about you know, losing or winning anymore. He's going back in there to try and perform at his highest level, you know, and, and I'm excited to see that version mm. of Connor too. It's coming from a different angle and a different position in life as well. So, yeah. you know, I think he, he he definitely hasn't lost it and he's going to come back uh, stronger than ever. And I think the other disappointing thing about Connor being such a superstar now is that because he's such a big superstar, you actually have to like, place him on a pay-per-view somewhere down the line you can't actually put him on another pay-per-view with the other champions because like the UFC stars have to shell out all the money to the champions because of Conor McGregor's pay-per-view boys yeah. you have to wait for a pay-per-view to uh, for to not have a headliner and go right well we can put Conor in there or what they've done in the past is just created his own pay-per-view because that's who that man yeah. is yeah yeah and that's it that's the fact though he sells the fights you know and whether you like it or not, that's that's the way it is, you know. So let's make the McGregor belt a fuck and we'll see that in the line, huh? I'm sure they'll sell a load of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think the winner of Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira will be cage side ready to step in and face the winner of that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's With the only thing that makes sense, isn't it? Really? Mm. Has to be that, you know, the winner of those. Yeah. I think I think uh Michael Chandler got he's not like listen, Michael Chandler's a beast. And he's, I think he's after talking his way and he performed his way into a title shot. But uh, I think uh, the winner of Connor and Dustin 100% will fight for the title. Makes do you think, sense. do you actually think the winner of Connor versus Dustin is actually the battle for the best lightweight? Because obviously, Justin Poirier after his win over Connor is number one, but I'd rank Connor ahead of both Charles Oliveira and yeah. ahead of Michael Chandler. Yeah. So do you think yeah. the winner of that almost gets to fight? It's like luckily defend their belt against the bigger and superstar. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just it's it's like a it's a little money making scheme for the boys before they go for the title, and it just clears the dust and it settles the settles the beef between them, you know. And I think I think they had a different uh, perspective on the last fight, even, and there was a lot of money donated to charity and all that crack. And I think that's why Dustin's after taking that fight as well. He respects what. Connor, he held his word and he and he and he donated to the to his uh, charity, you know. So I think that had a lot got to do with him taking the rematch as well so soon. So I I just think it's great to see two warriors gonna sort it out in the cage, you know, for the third time, and then the better man goes on to fight for the title. It's exciting. Who do you think the champ will be, lads? Uh, Charles Oliveira is taking on Michael Chandler for the vacant lightweight title on May fifteenth at UC two sixty two. I think if it goes after, if it gets to round three, I think Oliveira will take it. I think Chandler's yeah. going to have to get it done in the first or second round. I think he definitely has the power to get it done. Uh, he is fast. He, you know, I mean, he, he, he sort of almost has a Tyson esque style. That's yeah. where his nickname is done from. You know, he's got a lot of sort of head movement and he, uh, you know, weaves and bobs and he hits the power shots. Uh, also, I don't think Oliveira, despite how good his wrestling looked against Tony Ferguson, is going to be able to take Michael Chandler down. So no. I, I do think Chandler will get the job done round one or two, but if it gets three, four, and five, Chandler fades a bit, and Olivier's jiu-jitsu becomes very slick and a real problem. Yeah, Basmo? 
I, I think Dana def- just definitely wants uh, Chandler versus Connor. But the thing is, like, Phil, you just said there, make Connor his own sort of belt. Like, uh, it was just announced over the weekend as well. Leon Edwards is fighting Nate Diaz in the welterweight division at UCT 62 as well. So that's a great card as well. So you never, like, obviously, you know Connor, but you never know. He could be like, I don't even want the lightweight title shot. I want to fight Nate Diaz next. Yeah, so maybe, or maybe Leon puts out a great performance and he's like, you know what? I want to fight Leon. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, uh, and Connor's unpredictable like that, and he doesn't care about. Hey, uh, listen, but I'm sure he does want to win one of those new UFC belts. Oh, definitely, you know, definitely. And he doesn't have the Power Ranger one. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> have it in the wardrobe yet, so I'm sure he wants to win one of them. But that's another cracking fight, uh, Leon and Nate. But I think, I think Leon, I think Leon will will win that one. I, sure. I think he's just a little bit better than uh, Nate, but. Uh, I don't know. You can't write off a Diaz either, can you? No. <laughs> you never beat him all day, and he's standing there, and he's still swinging at you in the last round, huh? You know what, Phil? I'll, I'll go one better than that. And I think Leon Edwards at this stage of his career is a lot better than Nathan Diaz. Yeah. Uh, I think his boxing that he showed against Belial in that first round it looked really, really good, and he's very, very hard to take down. He's also Obviously not at all similar to Usman Saul, but up against the cage and against the fence, he's very, very good. He shows throws in those short elbows really, really well. So I don't know. I just yeah. think Leon Edwards, he's such a disabler. You know what I mean? Whatever you're good at, he'll he'll shut you down and he closed the distance. He's he's so a many tools. Like the man is yeah. like he's a technical machine, isn't he? Like but that gym guys, that gym he's coming from in uh, Birmingham. Renegade. Like, Renegade. Man, there's a lot of killers coming out there these yeah. days. It's a it's a sick gym, yeah. Yeah, Tom um, Breeze, Tom um, Breeze, Fabian yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I think Tom is get, Tom one of the coaches there, is he? Uh, he is, yeah. Yeah, and don't forget Aaron Chalmers, guy. his brilliant track career. Who <laughs> Aaron Chalmers? You know yeah, Aaron from Geordie Shore. Don't forget. Is he him. training there as well? Yeah, uh, he, he was. was. He moved to, him. Yeah, he moved uh, to SPG Manchester. I think. He's done now, though, isn't he? Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joy Herbert as well. Is that yeah? Another another like great scrapper. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Um, yeah, was so, it Nathaniel? The... Oh, Nathaniel Fredericks is that? Yeah, the yes, yes, middleweight yes, cage warriors champion. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Fabian was on about two weeks ago and he named just about four or five other guys on the up and up. So uh, that's a sick list of fighters we just named yeah. out there coming from that renegade gym. Like, yeah. so yeah, also, what they're doing there, also, what yeah. they're doing around Birmingham as well. <laughs> no but, easy rounds over there, huh? No, <laughs> what, they're do- what they're doing around uh, Birmingham as well, trying to um. Tell people to put the weapons down and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like they're just doing great things for for the area as well. Cool guys, down to earth, solid guys. Yeah, fair yeah. play. Um, Jamaican like, sensations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I'd like to see Leon getting his title shot. To be honest, like he he doesn't talk he doesn't talk the bravado and all the bullshit, but like he deserves a shot, you know. And I think if he puts out the as they might give it mm. to him, it'll raise yeah. his profile. This is his big opportunity. Now. Although it would be hilarious to see. Masvidal somehow beat Usman and then Diaz somehow beat Leon Edwards and then have the rematch for the BMF and welterweight title. <laughs> yeah. That would be a brilliant storyline too. Hey, Masvidal bet lumps out of Diaz though, didn't he? It, was not, it wasn't a contest, or a contest at all. Absolutely, but when Nate Diaz ever gets stopped hurt, he can always, he can always say he doesn't reach his peak till the fourth and fifth round. <laughs> <laughs> oh the the, the zombie, the zombie, as yeah, McGregor calls amazing. him, the Mexican warrior. Yeah, lads, lads, it's uh, not fading yet. It's, it's like crazy. No. Like who uh, Nate Diaz? Diaz. Diaz. Yeah, yeah, he's still still looking young. solid. Still, like you know, after all those years of getting like thumped around and he has been thumped yeah. around a lot of times like he's still going strong no he's still rocking it uh lads i'll just get on to this weekend's card but before uh we let phil go back to uh, um raising the next proteges of ireland but uh this weekend right marvin vittori's taking on kevin holland kevin holland's after stepping in on i think about eight days notice marvin vittori was made to fight darren till there was actually talks if till won this he'd be pushed up to fight adesanya next which is madness but lads what do you expect this weekend marvin vittori taking on kevin holland who lo- just lost about two weeks ago yeah, Ross, you want to go first? You going to first? Me, no problem. Um, you know what? I actually think this fight suits Kevin Holland better than Derek Brunson did. Uh, I think Vittori will stand in the pocket with him. He will trade blows. The only thing is, I do think Vittori has the ability to get Kevin Holland to the ground, and he's thicker than a Snickers. He's got a massive big back on him. He's very, very strong. Um, there is a chance that Kevin Holland can pull off the upset here. Um, but I'm gonna go with Vittori. I think he's going to maybe fourth round TKO. I think he's going to probably take him down, get him to the ground and ground and pound him out. Um, 
although we will have an entertaining fight. Anytime Kevin Holland's in there, there's always a potential for fight of the night. And <laughs> he is Mr. Anybody, Anywhere, Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Phil? I, I, I think uh, Holland is going to have to come out and try and redeem himself after the last performance, you know, and he's going to have a bit of a bee underneath his bonnet. He's going to want to go after Vittori. I I I pick Vittori though. And I think he's going to be too big and too strong for him. And like you said, if it does get, uh, if it doesn't go his way on the feet, I think he has the tools to take Holland down and hold him down and grind out a win or TKO him in the later round. So, do you think yeah. Khabib's going to be in um, Kevin Holland's corner? <laughs> is, is he going into his corner? <laughs> Not like the last, the last uh, fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen in, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But in fairness, in fairness, he only gave him coaching voice in the fifth round. And he went in there and you got to take down on Derek Brunson. You know, that's not easy. That's a... Uh, hey, what I seen somewhere there, Khabib's 4-0 now as a coach, huh? He is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never knew we were throwing uh, coaches' records up yeah. on the screen. But uh, when it comes to Khabib, that, that's what they're going to do. He, said, he said he's going for 30 and only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for Vittorian this one as well. He was just very impressive. But like this card's actually looking pretty good. Like uh, Sadiq Yusuf's fighting Arnold Allen. Uh, our mate Ross Sam Alvey's fighting Julian Marquez. Um, uh, Miley Cyrus' favorite fighter. Uh, Nina Ansaroff is fighting Mackenzie Duran. And Mike Perry is fighting Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, that that should be a bit. That should be a banger. That should be a banger. But uh, lads, over the weekend, Patricio Pitbull won the semi-final of the featherweight Grand Prix in Bellator. He's now fighting AJ McKee. Uh, Phil, who do you think is going to win this final, Patricio Pitbull or AJ McKee? It's hard to bet bet against uh, Pitbull, isn't it? He's been uh, on a tear. Um, but like AJ McKee is high level too. I think I think Brian Moore done really well against AJ and he did he did boxing. I think he was two rounds up going into yeah the yeah and he like he, he was landing big shots on him so like Pitbull lands a few of those bombs on him and it could be an early night for him so he the thing about it is isn't it Pitbull has that power so AJ only has to make one mistake and the fight's over so um I I think it's a I I it's going to be a close fight but I think I'm um, I think Pitbull's going to do it. It's, it's, it's actually quite a, a strange one because you're looking at being like AJ's wrestling is obviously very, very high level. You know, like uh, AJ's dad, Antonio, was a brilliant mixed martial artist himself. Yeah. He's grown up doing it. Like, he's a legitimate protege. Uh, I heard someone describe AJ McKee as almost like the Tiger Woods of MMA. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't have quite the name recognition yet, but like he he, he was born doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he he looks very, very legit. Um, I've always had question marks of him ever since I saw how well Brian did because Brian showed up on I think it was ten days notice and yeah. said yeah. no bother I'll, yeah. I'll give and he gave Molly good handle you know what yeah. I mean yeah. so uh, I'm like mm, a guy from a lower weight class so I gave him a bit of a hiding and you know he sort of <laughs> he escaped by the skin of his teeth but you know he he's looked brilliant ever since that uh, he has his own sort of modify guillotine chokes and everything now um but patricio pickball geez it's very hard to pick against him you know the number one pound for pound fighter in bellator he, two way classes two way classes double champ knocked down michael chandler yeah knocked down michael chandler geez, yeah. oh you know i've, I've talked myself into it patricio pickball i think is going to get the win here i think he's going to hand aj mckee his first ever loss and uh, the more i think about it and the more you ring up uh, patricio pickball's accolades the more i'm like He's the man. Hard to bet against the man. Uh, I'm going to go for AJ McKee, lads, just to, to pick it. To, to, so one of us will be right, you know? You know what I mean, Phil, you know? But uh, this weekend on um, Bellator, Ryan Bader is, they're kicking off the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Ryan Bader, the champ, the uh, heavyweight, champ. heavyweight champ. Yeah, he's fighting Leoto Machida for the second time. Leoto beat him the first time in the UFC. Uh Phil, I'll go to you first. Who do you think is going to win this low heavyweight Grand Prix? And then also, who do you think is going to win this fight? Uh, Gene, like, it's good to see Anthony Johnson back, isn't it? Rumble's back too. Rumble, yeah. young man, Rumble. I'll have the popcorn ready that night. Man, isn't he? Scary man. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard to know with his time off and everything. I, I, I think he's just a dangerous man. Um, and, like, he's put on great performance against the best in the UFC. Um, I was surprised to see him, like, leave the UFC, to be honest, when he was going to continue fighting. But uh, I think Rumble is going to win a, win the tournament. But I think I'm going to go with Bader against Machida. Ross, what about yourself? Machida's on the way out. Uh, he has some 
Like he's not as quick as he used to be. So mm. I think better, smarter. I am actually going to pick Machida in this fight just because <laughs> uh, ever since Bader's gone up to heavyweight, I think it actually takes too much out of him to get back down to light heavyweight. I think when he gets in there at light heavyweight, he's not the same. He put on all that muscle mass to get to deal with the big boys. And I think he's better off sticking around at heavyweight. But again, you know what I mean? Machida relies a lot on his speed and his precision. And if, if he put it this way, if he, if he doesn't get the job done early, I think he, he might be in trouble. And uh, he's gotten uh, a bit chinnier himself uh, in yeah. his older age. Badder time catches up on everybody. Th- that's that's exactly it. But I think in terms of favorites to this, um, look, the right-hand side of the bracket with uh, Vadim Nemkov, um, Phil Davis, Rumble Johnson, Yo Romero is absolutely stacked. I think that's possibly, you could even argue, they're the four best fighters in the in the bracket but I actually like Corey Anderson just because I think he might be able to get to the finals unscathed and not taking damage along the way could be a big factor in a tournament so I'm going to say Corey Anderson also gonna, no one knows the guy who he's fighting in the first round which yeah. helps yeah I'm, for this one I'm actually I'm going to agree with you Phil I had to man I couldn't let you go without agreeing with you I'm going to go for Bader and then the winner of the whole uh, Grand Prix I'm going to go for Nemkov as well but uh, lads like we've covered everything We've had the absolute crack. Phil, is there anything else you want to say before we let you go to uh, all your adoring fans that uh, that just can't wait to see you at Gamma? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, keep an eye on our social media for Gamma. Big things coming, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, I think we're getting coming to the end of all this pandemic. And uh, yeah, big things coming for next year. And I have my MMA fitness coming out as well. So keep an eye on my social media. And uh, yeah, I like the I like the look of Brave, so you could be seeing me there uh, sooner than everyone thinks. Hopefully so. Lads, be... uh, always a pleasure. Oh no, absolutely. Hopefully, it would be great to see uh, what's called you corner Matthias Matthias in uh, one fight, and then him corner you in the next fight, back to back fights. Player manager, huh? Yeah, Player that's manager, it. Yeah. That's it, man. Like <laughs> um, goalkeeper. Phil, uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, Always a great story with the whole Philip Mulpater. Um, if you are watching this show, guys, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized. <laughs>